God is here. God is in this place. If you haven't felt them already, I believe you're going to before this night's out. And I believe that everything that's happened in this service so far, that the message that I'm getting ready to preach, you'll see that God is just connecting all the dots together. I believe tonight, I felt all day long that God was going to do a significant miracle in this place tonight. And if you have not received that miracle yet, I believe by the end of this night, before you walk out of here, that God is going to do a significant miracle. I know every miracle is significant, but there's somebody in this house that you've been wanting your miracle for a long time. And you've been asking for a long time for God to give you a miracle. Amen. And God is ready tonight to to do that for you. I'm going to fix something really quick. God is ready to do that for you tonight. Hallelujah. So we're going to go to the word of the Lord. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Hallelujah. I do believe about halfway through this message, what you felt just a few moments ago, God is going to do something mighty and powerful. At the beginning of this message, we're going to set a foundation. But I believe about halfway through that the power of God that we felt just a few moments ago is not done yet, that God is going to move in that same fashion. Genesis chapter 1. Verses 1 through 3. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God, we thank you for your word. We know that your word is anointed. I pray that you would anoint your messenger now in the name of Jesus. Lord, help me to say those things that are from you and to hold back those things that are from me. I pray in Jesus' name that you would hide me under the shadow of your cross. God, I'll be quick to give you glory and honor and praise, God, for all that you do in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. You may be seated. For a few moments tonight, I want to preach on this subject. When God interrupts. We had a little bit of an interruption here a little while ago. When God interrupts, you see, usually we don't look at interruption in a positive light. In our lives, we don't look at it that way. Think about your young children for a minute. Uh, Interrupting seems to come naturally to them. It came naturally to you as a child as well. Young children tend to forget that other people have needs that are as important or almost at least as important as theirs. And even if your child knows that they're supposed to wait for a pause in a conversation and to say excuse me and to be polite, even if they know that, how many times have you heard when you were in a conversation with a little child, daddy, daddy, dad, 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 mom, mom, mom. You've heard it a million and one times. It's happened over and over again. Not interrupting just seems to slip their mind because what they think is urgent or important at the time is very important to them. And as parents, we've talked to our kids about not interrupting. We've talked to them about when it's polite and when it's not. I mean, for instance, if, if uh, there's a fire, it's a good time to interrupt and let you know that something's on fire, right? Those are good times. <laughs> but if it's Just out of boredom, we've taught them not to interrupt. Interruption is a reality in all of our lives. Our lives are filled with interruptions. 
They are filled with inconveniences and frustrations and unexpected events. Things break. Accidents happen. The phone rings, or maybe in your case it dings with a notification just as you climb into bed. Traffic makes you late. And just when you don't need another added expense, an appliance or something valuable breaks. Just this past week after that big storm that we had, my, my garage is, that we pull into is a little, uh, it's not too wide. And so the width is not that great. And so I have to put both my mirrors in to make sure I don't take a mirror off. Well, guess what? I pulled in the driver's side mirror before the storm. Thought I pulled the passenger side mirror in before the storm. It sat there for three days. I said, well, it's time to get that truck going. So we got out to get the truck going. I made sure the one mirror was in. I said, oh, the other mirror must be in because the one's in. We're good. I said, well, I got to give it a little gas because I got a little snow hump to get over. Put it in four-wheel drive and boom. Next thing you know, crack. 317 bucks down the drain plus labor. You know, that just happens. Interruptions happen in our lives. Illnesses can change or carefully our carefully crafted plans. It just happens. The list could go on and on, and you could create that list if you wanted to. While I was mentioning the interruptions that I just mentioned right now, I'm sure everyone in this building was thinking of interruptions in your life that had happened to you. Amen. There's many that we could mention. The problem is most of us probably handle these interruptions very poorly in our lives. As humanity, we tend to react with frustration and anger. And when these frustrations pop up, we tend to revert back to our childhood days. Right? We're just going to stomp our feet a little bit, get mad about it, throw a temper tantrum, and say, it's not fair. Can I get a witness? And in these situations, we just tend to want to blame somebody else and put the problem on somebody else and make it their fault. You might even throw a little pity party for yourself. I don't know. But I want to remind somebody tonight that through the interruptions of life, God is giving you a chance to rely upon him. Someone said, God is usually in the interruptions, but he is rarely in your plans. Proverbs 19 and 21 says, there are many plans. This is in the NET. There are many plans in a person's mind. But it is the counsel of the Lord which will stand. And throughout the Bible, we see examples of God interrupting what someone was doing and asking them to adjust their lives in a different way. Every time God interrupts interrupts into your life, uh, he has a plan with his interruptions. It's not always God, but many times God is trying to interrupt into your life. Noah had to stop. And adjust his purpose and his plan because of the interruption that God put in his life. And if Noah hadn't done what he did, we probably wouldn't be here right now if he hadn't obeyed the voice of God. Right? Uh, Abraham, he had to uproot his entire family and move from Ur of the Chaldees, where his family was, to establish a new nation. And he would be known as the father of the faithful. When God interrupted Moses, here, how you like technology when it goes out? Here's an interruption. Hallelujah. When God interrupted Moses at the burning bush, Moses had to give up his comfortable life of just sitting there herding sheep, his father-in-law's sheep in the desert to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Peter 
Andrew, James, and John, they dropped their fishing nets in order to accept the invitation to follow Jesus. Saul, who later became Paul, over experienced a major life change when God interrupted him as he traveled on that road to Damascus to persecute more Christians. You see, when God interrupts, it often leads to enormous changes and adjustments in our lives. It can demand leaving family and friends and moving to a foreign country as a, as a missionary. It may mean leaving behind life goals and change to change them for the sake of following after God. And just as those that I've mentioned from the Bible, you, we've heard these stories. And there are so many more that can be mentioned. We see that whatever sacrifices we have to make to adjust to God's interruptions, it will always prove to be worthwhile in our lives. Come on. Even though it costs us something, it will prove good in your life. I had the privilege yesterday to watch our Bible quizzers. They did an awesome job. And I was reminded that, by, by the way, I was supposed to make an announcement for the Bible quizzers. Next Sunday, hallelujah, they're doing Super Sunday. So right after this, there'll be some people standing out back trying to, uh, to, to get you to come to Super Sunday. You ought to do it to support our quizzers, hallelujah. I had the privilege to watch them yesterday. And our Bible quizzers are doing a great job. And I was reminded that interruptions are crucial. The way you respond to an interruption absolutely matters and will ultimately determine whether you win or whether you lose the quiz. Isn't that right? It works the same way in life. Interruptions are going to happen. And how we respond to those interruptions greatly impact this game called life. The good news is, is that God never gets an answer wrong. We can always trust in him. He never gets it wrong. He may, you may not be able to explain God all the time, but let me tell you something I've learned in my life. I can always trust what God is doing in my life. He may not always be able to be explained, but he can always be trusted. Always. Hallelujah. Through the interruptions, though they are unexpected, and they sometimes catch us off guard. Off guard. There has never, ever, ever been an interruption in all of history that has caught God by surprise. Oftentimes, interruptions are not random. They're not just meaningless events, but rather they are divinely placed in our path for a purpose, for a reason. And God uses interruptions to change us to be more like Him. Simple things like getting stuck in traffic. It's going too slow. Or at that stoplight down here that never turns green. Can I get an amen? A sick child or a costly repair. It may not seem important when it comes to God. But I believe that those things are important. We often overlook these interruptions as just inconveniences. We expect God to work in our lives in some life-changing circumstance. But the reality is, we probably won't be called to build an ark like Moses was called, like uh, Noah was called to build an ark. Probably won't. You probably won't be called like Abraham was to sacrifice your child on Mount Moriah. More than likely, it's going to be in these small frustrations, in these small interruptions, the little things in our lives where we're given the opportunity to rely upon God, to obey God 
and to bring God glory in all that we do. Thousands of little moments come in the form of our children asking to play a game and we just seem to be so tied up with other things we can't do it. We don't have time. There's something else that's more important. There are moments like when we get stuck behind a school bus, Brother Patrick, God bless you, when we're already late for an appointment or when we have a flat tire on the way to work. Throughout the day, it just seems to be one thing after the other sometimes where these interruptions take place and our plans fail and our life is interrupted. And it's in these moments when our faith is stretched, where we find out whether we are grounded on the solid rock, Christ Jesus, or our grounding is on the sinking sand. And it's in these moments we are tested. Do we really believe that God is in control of all the details of our life? Do we really believe that the scripture, like Paul, after he asked the Lord three times to take and deliver him from that thorn in the flesh, do we believe like Paul? As Corinthians says in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Just like it was for Paul, tonight, God's grace is sufficient to get you through every situation, through every problem, through every trial. That same grace that God gave Paul is the same grace that's here tonight that is sufficient for you. It's in the interrupted moments. We have to think about, do we really believe the gospel of Jesus Christ is powerful enough to save us for eternity, but also to sustain us and strengthen us in the midst of life's interruptions? Do we really believe that Christ is enough to satisfy all the deepest needs of our heart? And I believe tonight that through the inconvenient interruptions that we face, Many times they're just acts of God's grace in our lives. They make us face our sin. God has a way of making us take the blinders off sometimes. God has a way of letting us understand that we need him to be wrapped up in every area of our life each and every day. And I believe that life's interruptions remind us that we don't have life all figured out. It reminds us that we cannot do it on our own. We cannot do it by the arm of the flesh. We have to walk in the power of his might. Hallelujah. These interruptions are like the shepherd's rod pulling us back from our wandering ways. Back to our great shepherd. And I believe I can hear God calling to somebody right now. Come home. Come home. And here's another aspect of this message that I want you to hear tonight. I want us to remember tonight that when God interrupts, miracles take place. When God interrupts, miracles take place. In the first part of our text, we read in Genesis chapter 1, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. You see, from the very beginning of time, God has always been in the interruptions. The earth was without form and void. And that one of the meanings of that in Hebrew, it indicates chaos. The earth was in chaos. Great darkness was upon the face of the deep. And when God interrupted, he turned something that was chaotic. He turned something that was dark. Amen. Something that was all messed up. He turned it into something bright and something beautiful. 
When God interrupts, miracles take place. Hallelujah. From the beginning of Scripture, God lets us know what to expect when he's involved. Even in the interruption, you can expect miracles to take place when God gets involved. We read of a woman with a spirit of infirmity in Luke chapter 13. She was bowed over for 18 years with what appears to be rheumatoid arthritis. And we read in Luke chapter 13, verses 12 and 13. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on, I feel the Holy Ghost, he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. In one moment, immediately, when God, when God got involved with the interruption, when God interrupted into her life, in one moment, Jesus changed her life forever. Hallelujah. What about the paralytic man at the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5? He'd been there for 38 years. Many of you know the story. And we read in verse 6, when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? I feel the Holy Ghost saying that to somebody in this house tonight. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming... Another steppeth down before me. And Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took his bed up and walked. I want you to realize that when Jesus interrupted these situations, in both cases, immediately a miracle transpired. Immediately something changed. It didn't take a long time, but God stepped in, and there was a miraculous moment in their lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe tonight in the Holy Ghost that I've come to remind somebody that when God steps in and when God interrupts, even in chronic situations, immediately things are resolved. Amen. I've seen God raise up paralytics. I've seen, I've shared the story with you and showed you the picture of the man from Bangladesh that couldn't walk on the way in, couldn't use his arms or legs, and on the way out, he was dancing and shouting and all kinds of stuff. We saw him get up and dance. Amen. I've seen that happen. I've seen God multiple times heal chronic issues and chronic pain. I've seen cancer disappear, as, God, as we sang about already. I've seen God do all kinds of things, as many of you have. Hallelujah. But I do believe in the Holy Ghost that God wants to do something significant for somebody in this house tonight. I believe there's a chronic thing that's been going on in somebody's life that God is ready to heal tonight. I struggle whether I should share this story or not. But in the prayer room, I started weeping and crying and God just put this back into my mind. I've not told anybody this, part of this. But God reminded me of something he told me a while back. Shortly ago when I was preaching, several weeks ago, I was preaching about unwavering faith. And I was struggling in my body while I was preaching about unwavering faith. And the Lord began to speak to me as I was speaking to you. God was speaking to me about myself. And I've not shared this with anybody except for my wife and 
my prayer partner. And I struggled whether I should do it, and I felt I should tonight when I was in the prayer room. God put this back in my mind again. And he reminded me of my prayer in Bangladesh in 2018. He reminded me that when we were sitting in those morning meetings, and they said, God's fixing to impart something into your life. He reminded me for the reason why I lifted my hands. And I said, Lord, for the sake of my mom's healing, I'll take the gift of healing and the working of miracles. That's why I raised my hand when I raised my hand that day. I remember very clearly. And I remember calling home to my wife and her telling me that God woke her up at 4 a.m. in the morning and she started praying these words, God, for the sake of mother's healing, would you give my husband the gift of healing and the working of miracles? That is not a coincidence. And God began to remind this of me when I, to me when I, began to, when I was preaching about unwavering faith several weeks ago. And he spoke to me very clearly. I heard the voice of God speaking to me. He said to me this while I was preaching. He said, you're fighting. You're not just fighting for your miracle. You're fighting for your mom's miracle. Now, I struggled whether I was going to share this or not in this message. I didn't put it in here right, right before the service. But I felt the Lord wanted me to share that with you because some of you people need to pray right now and begin to intercede in Jesus' name. God did not start that process in 2018 and do those things in 2018 and hang a carrot out in front of us in 2018 and say, oh no, I'm taking that back. And when I was preaching about unwavering faith, I feel the Holy Ghost so strong here. I don't care. God's here with me. I, when I was preaching about unwavering faith and fighting in my body, God began to remind me that you are not fighting for yourself. Just keep fighting, son. Just keep pressing. Just keep pressing. The miracle is on the way. Just keep pressing. That stuff that's going on in your body, it's going on for a reason. Just keep pressing. There is a great miracle that's getting ready to happen. Just keep pressing. I'm not saying it tonight to pat myself on the back. You're getting me wrong. If, you, if, you're, if that's what you're hearing right now, what I'm trying to tell you is when God gives a word, when God says something's going to happen, it is going to happen. It is going to come to pass. Oh, I feel the Lord so strong in this place right now. I believe I helped. That I heard clearly from God today in the last several days. I believe I heard clearly from him. And I believe that in this service tonight, it's the will of God that a chronic issue be healed in this place. I'm believing for my mom. I'm believing for her that it would be tonight. I believe it. I, I'm expecting it in the name of Jesus. But there are others in this place that you've been dealing with chronic issues that God is ready to break that off of you. God is ready to destroy that. God is ready to push the enemy down in a great way in your life right now. I'm not saying it for my benefit. I'm said, telling you, I'm trying to get you to believe with me right now. What God did in his word is not impossible. It's there so we can believe that there's nothing impossible with God. And with him, right now, in the name of Jesus, I take dominion over every chronic pain. I take dominion in the name of Jesus over every chronic situation. I take dominion over every chronic spirit of infirmity that's tried to push God's people down and to hold them back from doing the full work of God. I take dominion with you right now. It's Jesus' name.
And I loose the healing power of God into your life. Chronic pain, you're gone. Chronic issue, you're gone right now in Jesus' name. I speak to neurological issues right now in Jesus' name. Chronic issues are gone in Jesus' name. Let the angel of the Lord cut those things off now in the name of Jesus. Woo! If you can't feel his presence, you need to get your antennas up. His presence is here right now. There's something miraculous taking place in this house tonight. You're not supposed to leave the same way you walked in. You need to let a praise come out. You need to let a shout come out. You need to let something come out of your mouth. Praising God. Somebody's going to leave here with a spirit of infirmity off of your back. I feel it in the Holy Ghost so strongly. In Luke chapter 8, we read of a man, we read of a man from Gadara that in verse 27 describes him as a certain man which had devils long time. He wore no clothes, neither abode in any house but in tombs. But after Jesus interrupts, we see that people come to see what happened. And in verse 35, they find him sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. Hallelujah. I have multiple testimonies of people that, I've, that, that have testified of emotional healings. We sung about it tonight. I, I've seen it happen. And tonight I'm believing God to interrupt into somebody's life tonight in this place. For God to interrupt into somebody's mind tonight and to do it again and let there be an emotional healing that you would be in your right mind in the name of Jesus. So right now, I'm going to do you a favor by the authority of the word and by the power of the name of Jesus. I bind every spirit of anxiety right now in Jesus' name. I bind every spirit of depression right now in Jesus' name. I bind every spirit of fear right now in the name of Jesus, and we cast you out of here in the name of Jesus. Never come back in the name of Jesus. Right now, I lose the joy of God. I lose the peace of God. I lose God's rest into your life right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, I feel this presence so strong. In Acts chapter 1. Oh, I feel this presence. Acts chapter 1. I wouldn't be surprised when this message is over that somebody gets that that, that significant miracle in your life. It'll surprise me if it doesn't happen. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, we read talking about Jesus and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, he have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And in Acts chapter 2, they were in the upper room waiting for the promise of the Father. When suddenly, as they were waiting and praying and seeking the face of God, we read in Acts chapter 2, and suddenly, in the moment, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all, come on, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I hope that don't get old to you. Hallelujah. 
I'm believing God to interrupt again. In that same fashion here tonight. Amen. God wants to take your speech. Amen. He wants to take those words in your mouth and turn them into his words. As you begin to praise him and you're praising him all of a sudden. It's not going to be your language anymore. It's going to be God's language speaking through you. I'm believing for God to do those kind of interruptions here. God wants to do that. In Acts chapter 1. I'll be closing very quickly here. Acts chapter 1. Where we already read about the promise of the Father, and them waiting for the promise of the Father. In verse 9, it says, And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. You see, the world started with an interruption from God. And life as we know it will end with an interruption from God. going to happen. It's going to happen. For the word of God says, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Come on, somebody, get excited about that. With the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. It's going to happen sooner than you think. There's going to be an interruption. There's going to be a great interruption in your life. Brother Joe, come help me. In order for you to take part in that interruption, in order to go up when that trumpet sounds, you must follow the words of Peter that he preached on the day of Pentecost that are recorded in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. That's fixing to happen here in just a few moments. For the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And this is, a, this is great right here. Acts 30, verse 39. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Oh, I hear the voice of God calling right now. I hear the voice of God wanting to interrupt right now. Come on, there's an interruption for somebody right here, right now, in this place. God wants to interrupt into your life. What do you want from God? What have you been needing from God? What have you been asking God for right now? God desires to do an interruption in your life. You've got to believe. You've got to believe. A miracle can happen if you believe. Come on, you've got to believe right now. You've got to believe for it. Come on, come help me right now. You've got to believe for it. God's fixing to do a miracle in this place. If you haven't checked yourself out yet, you might want to because God might have done it during the preaching already. Yeah, I felt the Lord so strong. I felt healing virtue flowing. You can just pass it off. 
not a special evangelist here. You can just pass it off. But I felt healing virtue flowing into somebody as we were preaching the word of God. You need to begin to claim it right now. There's an interruption that God already put forth into somebody's life. And you need to realize and claim that interruption and say, in the name of Jesus, I am healed. In the name of Jesus, my kids are saved. In the name of Jesus, it's already happened because Jesus has interrupted the situation. Come on, somebody, you haven't caught it yet. You haven't even caught what God's done yet. God's done it in some of you that are sitting down. You haven't caught yet what God's done. You haven't caught yet what God started in you. And if something's different, that means God's already started it. So begin to claim it right now. If you need the Holy Ghost, you need to get up to the front right here. And God wants to fill you.